sponsored by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast equipment rentals in Brooklyn, New York. JMRNY.com. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend. I'm Jason Godby, and today on the program, we're going to be talking about two documentaries about two amazing artists. Now, later on, I'll be speaking with Grammy-winning recording artist Gloria Gaynor about the new documentary, Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive. But first, we'll take you to New York's Museum of Modern Art for this year's To Save and Project Film Festival, where I caught up with director Mira Bank about her newly restored 1986 film, Spirit to Spirit, Nikki Giovanni. I would be lying if I didn't say, ahead of every screening, I have a certain level of, I don't know if anxiety is the right word, but there's a kind of excitement and a kind of what might happen next and how will people receive this. Showing a film to an audience is a moment. And you, of course, want people, at the very least, to be taken with the film. Love is not always the issue, but pulled in, held, transformed in some way. Spirit to Spirit Nikki Giovanni is a portrait in many ways, an auto-portrait of this wonderful poet when she was a much younger woman. And the film came about because it was actually a, a subject that was brought to me by a colleague, Perrin Ireland, with whom I had collaborated and who'd been very helpful to me. She really wanted to do something bringing poets who might not be that well known uh, in front of the public in a way that allowed them to perform their own work. And it was really her idea uh, to, to go to Nikki first. And I love that because I knew her poetry. I didn't know it backwards and forwards, but she was a very exciting presence on the cultural scene, dynamic, mesmerizing, very plain spoken and original, fearless. I mean, all the things I love. Um, and certainly at that time, I mean, I, I am sort of a product of what you would call the civil rights movement and second wave feminism. So she was right in that sweet spot for me. We began trading ideas, you know, what would the poems be? And my part of it was to figure out, because my interest, and I had done it before in other films, was how to tell a life story in an unconventional way. Well, Nikki is always completely her own person. Nikki does nothing, you know, to please other people. And I'm attracted to that, and I've worked with other people who have that quality. It's something I admire. Nikki was teaching at that time, so I think her back and forth around ideas of poetry was very alive for her because she was working with students as well as people like me who were coming to her for special projects. But it was a kind of back and forth about um, figuring out which poems were most important to her. And my recollection was she was collegial. Once we were working, she was also opinionated, and that was a good thing. When I look back, I think um, I was very focused on women's voices, and I made a number of films, really almost everything I made until the end of the 90s was focused on women's experience, women's creative lives, um, women's histories, lost histories. I also 
very much liked the idea that this was a documentary, but it was also a performance film. This was not simply capturing fly-on-the-wall material about someone's life. This was giving this very gifted woman uh, a place to present her work in a way that made sense to her and that mattered to her, and she had a lot of say in it. I had mentioned that she was opinionated. I mean, even while we were shooting, you know, we would stop and start, and, you know, Nikki would have her own feeling about how a particular take went. And I welcomed that. I mean, I thought that was a great part of the process. What would happen between what she was performing is that I would talk to her, as you're talking to me, about her life, and I would ask questions about periods in her life that seemed to correspond with the poems that we had selected. And she was amazing in her generosity in talking about those things. And before we ever started shooting, I had met with Nikki in her home, both Perrin and I had. She had given to us many family photographs, which are in the film, and other kinds of memorabilia that mattered to her, that was important to her. And I went and with her from her closet, I picked out something she would wear that I felt, you know, and she felt that, that she liked and that she would feel wonderful in. So that aspect, the collaborative aspect of how we shot it was something at that point in my life was very, very important to me and actually is part of my process even now. It was formative and it lasted. I guess I would, I would maybe have taken a few more risks about the improvisational nature of what we did. And with somebody who's as smart and articulate as Nikki and as capable as Skip Norman was as our DP, we had a wonderful crew, I think we could have taken more risks. What you see is seamless and has a kind of almost a musicality about the flow of the storytelling. But it's evident that there's a set of circumstances that we created. There's a performer on stage, and that's what we see. I think I would have now tried to bring more of the outside world in, or more chance, more risk into what we're seeing on film. Like many films then, it had a festival life. It was a short film, so it didn't have theatrical play. And it won a number of awards and was seen in quite a few festivals. But then it went to PBS because part of the idea had been, it certainly was Perrin's dream, to be able to do a series of poets in performance. Now, as it turned out, I went off to do other things. She actually, Perrin began writing herself. It's an interest of hers. And so it didn't, that particular series didn't happen. But interestingly, this film really didn't require a context. It was a very full story of um, someone whose perception of life at a very young age had a lot of meaning for other people. You know, it's astonishing when you think what a, really at that point, relatively young woman she was, and how deep that strain of understanding without rancor and without uh, a kind of corrosive uh, fault finding about the history of black-white relations in this country um, how full, you know, her story about that, about that history was. Now, interestingly, this year, with the new feature that's terrific, 
about Nikki and with this film being restored by the Academy all in the same year, it's a banner year for Nikki. And actually, I've seen quite a lot of her and she's still fabulous, you know, in her early 80s. So it's, uh, it's quite a wonderful thing to see that happen. For one thing, I think that the whole idea of films that have been restored is really catching fire. And there's a tremendous interest in works on film. People are even shooting on video and then, you know, in, in post, they're creating a film look to what it is they've done, scratches and dust and all. So there's a, I think it's more than nostalgia. I think there's a respect for the tactile quality of that kind of filmmaking. I mean, film is our cultural history. That's who we are in many respects, the films we've made. Of course, there are many other, you know, music and literature and dance, all of those things are equally important. But when you think about an American, again, self-portrait, one of the first place, places that people will ever look will, will be at the films of a given period of time. So I think in that regard, it's extremely important. And I also think one thing that preservation tends to help is to bring forward the work of women, of people of color, of underrepresented uh, areas in our culture. And whether those people are the filmmakers or the films are about those people, it's very valuable to sort of see what it is that the filmmakers have picked up on. They may have been egregiously wrong and they may have been brilliant, but it's all important and it all matters. And, and having a, you know, a hindsight look at things is very, very valuable. And also you begin to appreciate how prescient and how ahead of their time many of these films were. I had the opportunity to attend the screening, which was part of a retrospective of films from cinematographer Skip Norman. Spirit to Spirit is captivating. It's uh, entertaining. Nikki Giovanni is a force to be reckoned with. Very compelling personality. You know, you wouldn't think that a half an hour film with poetry recital would be all that exciting, but I was actually enthralled. The new feature documentary, Going to Mars, The Nikki Giovanni Project, is also quite compelling, and that's currently streaming on Max. Last year at To Save and Project, I spoke with director Kaveri Cole about her 1988 film, One Hand Don't Clap, which was newly restored with the help of New York Women in Film and Television and the Women's Film Preservation Fund. Now, you can find that interview on our YouTube channel. And for more about the Women's Film Preservation Fund, visit womensfilmpreservationfund.org. And for more about Mirabank and her upcoming work, her website is mirabankfilms.com. Now, moving on to the new documentary, Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive. I had the chance to speak with the great Gloria Gaynor just before the film's release. And joining me now is the legendary recording artist, Miss Gloria Gaynor. Welcome, Gloria. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate the time. Uh, it's an honor to get to meet you. I really like the movie. And, uh, you know, I even listened to the gospel album, um, and I thought it was great. Uh, I'm not a gospel guy, um, but uh, the music was really uh, fantastic, and you sound fantastic. I'm dying to know about this movie because it's um it's an interesting i think part of your journey you know so can you tell me like how did the film come about well a friend of mine uh, knew betsy 
Schechter, and I don't honestly remember which one of us had the idea or, or, or but anyway, he took me, you know, introduced me to her and um, she told me what she did and she'd done several other documentaries. And I thought that I'd, I'd like to do it because I want, I don't think there's anything better than you can, that you can do with your life than to share the triumphs um, that you've had over the difficulties that you've had because all of us have difficulties and and trials and tribulations. And if someone has overcome those things, then I don't think it's anything better that you can do than to share with other people, not only that you've done it, but how you've done it. It seems like a very personal documentary. They really are right in there with you. Was there any apprehension on your times when you know, I'm going to talk about revealing things or Maybe I'm not going to look like I'm stage ready at this point. Like, you know, <laughs> was there any of that apprehension? In order to be an artist, especially an on-stage artist where people are looking at you, you have to have a, a certain amount of ego. Um, um, and so you do want to be at your best at all times. But as you as you go through life, uh, if you if you are learning, which I think learning is only 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 um sign of life is growth and so if you are learning and if you are growing then you recognize that you're not the only one is going through that and and as, as i said to someone earlier today i'm not a, i'm not smart enough to make an original mistake so everybody's going through uh the some of the things that i've gone through and and if i can use those trials and tribulations to make it easier for someone else. Um, whether I make it so that they don't have to go through them or I make it uh, help them to, to know that they can go through them and that they can survive and come out the other side triumphant, um, then, then I don't think there's anything better I can do with my life. And so I was, you know, as difficult as it was, I was willing, you know, to share the things that I've gone through and how I've come through them and that anybody can do it. The the doc is aptly named, you know, uh, it, it's not only the title of your hit song, but it's, it's, it's like your theme song, you know, uh, having gone through what you've gone through. And I think people will get to know a, a lot about you that they didn't know before. I was of course aware of you. Like I think everybody is everybody, you know, kind of, uh, you know, there's not, especially if they're my age, they know who the queen of disco is kind of thing. Were there particular things that uh, you're excited to have people know about or things that the documentary will reveal that might surprise folks? Well, I think a lot of, of, of what people aren't aware of and what they will learn from the documentary is the struggles behind the scenes and in the business of the business of, of music. Uh, and that there are these people who are, I call gatekeepers, who uh, make it difficult sometimes for you to to, to stir your own, uh, you know, be in charge of your own rudder, of your own, of your own, steer your own boat. Um, and they sometimes make it difficult and you have to try to go around that. But that what I want people to recognize is that if you are walking in your purpose, then the doors that are closed will be the ones that should be closed to you and the doors that are open will be the ones that should be open to you because God will open those doors um, and um, and steer you away from the ones that um, 
are not purposeful to your task. So you you essentially change genres, and you know, and you're recording a gospel album, which I'm sure was you know something that was familiar to you, but people weren't familiar with you singing that style of music. And, you know, artists tend to get pigeonholed, especially now. Everybody's got to be like a super specialist. But to me, that's always been sort of antithetical to art, you know, and growth. You mentioned gatekeepers. Like, there are gatekeepers in the gospel music uh, genre. That was the biggest surprise to me, was that you had to kind of, like, appease the gods of gospel in, in order to sing God music. You know what I mean? Was was that something you were aware of? Like, were you aware of that challenge or did you kind of find out along the way? I was aware of it, but I didn't know that it was as strong as it is. Um, I thought that, that when people come to, the people who were, you were approaching, that would, would try to get to know you and to know, because I think that, in, 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 in gospel music, I understand that they don't want to allow people to represent God who don't honestly represent God, you know, uh, who are just trying to make a quick buck or they didn't make it in this or they'll try it in that because they think it's easier or they want to appease God for a second in their life. You know, I understand. I understand them being wary of people like that. But I don't. But I, I, I know that I'm a very sincere Christian. I know that the music that I'm singing is a part of my life, and is a part of my 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 relationship with God. And so it was very um, disconcerting for me to have to be rejected, to just be rejected in that way. Um, without even trying to to get to know me to to see where I'm coming from. You know, and so I found that very, very, very difficult. I thought that was revealing as well, like just kind of the, it's and it's a nice sort of glimpse into the way the world works. When you look back on this, and I don't know if you've had the chance to see it with an audience yet, if you saw it at Tribeca or some of the other festivals, but what was kind of the biggest revelation for you in it in terms of like maybe seeing yourself a different way or having people see you? Was there an audience reaction that shocked you or anything like that? There was there was audience reactions. I saw two of I saw it twice with 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 other you know with an audience. Once was in Tribeca and one was in in Nashville. And in Nashville, I got three standing ovations during the film. I was like, what? So I was I was really surprised to see how much um, people were impacted by the story. I expected people to be impacted, but not to the point of responding publicly. You know, some people might go away with things that they would add to their lives or things that they would uh, uh, reveal to them about their own thoughts and feelings and way they're going about their lives or whatever. But I never expected people to react publicly the way they did, which was very, very encouraging and rewarding for me. Was there anything that you, I, I mean, of course, You've lived your life a long time and you've been through these things, but like, was there anything through the, either through the course of the documentary or kind of seeing your life laid out for, it's kind of like an episode of this is your life, you know, uh, was there anything that you learned about you or that was sort of like, oh, I never looked at it that way before, but now I, I have a perspective I didn't have before kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
did not realize until I saw my, my life sort of encapsulated how much I had bowed to a fear of rejection, a fear of abandonment. I knew that I knew that that had affected me, but I didn't know how deeply. So that was surprising for me. As I understand, the film is going to play uh, do a one night only theatrical run. Only in nine hundred theaters across the country uh, on February thirteenth. Um, people can find out what theater is nearest, what theater is playing it nearest them by going to GloryGainer.com, my website. Do you know the plans for the film after that? Are you guys going to go to streaming? Yeah, we plan to go to streaming. We haven't um, um, determined which ones we're going to yet, but of course we will make that known. Of course, you got the movie coming out, but what's next for you? Are you still are you still looking forward to new music and things like that? Oh, absolutely! I've got music in the works. I'm uh, several several songs I've written with great writers that have written with uh, uh, um, great uh, young artists and. Um, you know, we, we're um, get ready to finalize those those recordings and um, and get them out there. I also have a new fragrance that is available for Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, in case you don't know, is February thirteenth, the night of the the day of the um, showing of the film. But this, my fragrance, I will survive or survive by Gloria Gaynor. The other thing I wanted to ask you that one, you know, because of course everybody knows you for I Will Survive. That's probably one of the biggest hits like ever, anybody's ever had ever, basically. But now you're making your own music. And in the film, you talk about like, right, because you don't own that song. Right? No. I mean, p people think of the, you'll always be synonymous with that song. But, but um, so what what was the difference in coming out with like your own material and and sort of you know, making, making your own, uh, making your own music. It, it's a great difference because you're sharing a part of yourself that you've never been able to share before. And that's very gratifying. Uh, it's great to be able to do that, whether anybody else receives it or likes it or not, but it's of course, even better when you find that other people are liking your music and are, are being uplifted, encouraged and empowered by it. Um, that's what happened with the gospel album. I've gotten so many testimonies from so many people about the the the, the album encouraging them and, and inspiring them. And um, so hopefully this documentary would go even further with that. And the new music will even will just carry on that same sort of uh, legacy. Fantastic. Well, um, I don't want to keep you because I know you've done a bunch of these today already. I really appreciate this. It was wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. God bless you. I had the chance to see Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive. And I must say, you know, we've all heard of Gloria Gaynor and we all know the big hit song, I Will Survive. We've all heard it at one time or another. It was a disco anthem. It's been around for nearly 50 years. But the documentary really takes a close look at the artist and her struggles, her struggles with health, her career. And her, we follow her journey to record this new gospel album, which took her years to complete. The film started uh, before COVID. And, you know, she started that journey. And then she had a number of challenges along the way. I don't want to spoil the film. 
It's filmed in a very cinema verite style. Uh, Much of it is captured on the fly with just a couple of sit-down interview pieces. It's mainly from Gaynor's point of view, although they do talk to a couple of other people about her. But I think there are definitely some surprises uh, for people who may be fans of her music but don't know much about her life. And, you know, I could say I'm not a huge disco fan. I'm also not a huge gospel fan. But she's there's something about her. She's magnetic. She's got a great personality. Uh, She's got this very giving way about her. And, you know, the voice is still there. She still sounds amazing. And I think there's a lot in the film people can relate to. Uh, It's a a film about reinvention, survival, struggle, the the will to persevere. So if you can relate to any of that, I definitely would recommend it. So uh, depending on when you're seeing this, the film uh, was out on February 13th for a one-night-only theatrical run, but I definitely think it will be on streaming. Just look out for it. Check your local listings. And that's all we got for you today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For more of our content, including more news and movie reviews, visit our website, norestfortheweekendpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, youtube.com slash getbehindtherabbit. I'd like to thank my guests, Mira Bank and Gloria Gaynor. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor, JMR Rentals. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.